This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Before we get to today's Browns film breakdown on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, I want to talk to you guys about my bookie and the return of football season. It's a new year. Antonio Brown finally out of Pittsburgh. He's in Oakland. Le'Veon Bell with the Jets. Odell Beckham's playing for our Browns. But one thing hasn't changed, guys, and that's where I'm putting my money down for all the games this year. My bookie is the place to bet on every football game every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasters are using mybookie.com slash bluewire to sign up this year. My bookie has better bonuses, more prop bets, than any other sportsbook, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicap super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least 100k, and it only costs 100 dollars to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of huge cash prize pool. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business, and your fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over/under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE. And when you're creating your account, that'll get you that bonus. So again, MyBookie.com slash BLUEWIRE. Bet, win, and get paid. And we're off. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome back into Browns Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. Coming at you guys here in preseason, what is now week three? We are on the cusp, everybody. We're on the cusp of actual NFL games. But before we get there, got to talk about preseason, got to talk about what happened with the Colts. Thought the Browns played pretty well, all things considered, that they didn't play. Many of the starters, obviously Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, those guys did not play. Thought the first team defense was relatively sharp. Could have used a little bit better pass uh, pass rush productivity, per se. But I thought they played pretty well. Um, you know, Mac Wilson had some up and down moments, which is to be expected for a rookie in that situation. He had a couple of nice, uh, I thought, a couple of nice plays in the backfield in terms of fitting a gap. But then there were a couple of times where he uh, overpursued, especially when he would break free into the backfield. And when you do that, you know, in terms of getting into the backfield and not being able to throttle down, it's going to cause a problem, especially when you come free and you're not accounted for like he was a couple times. Then he opens up a spot, vacates a spot at the second level. All of those things for Wilson are fixable. I think he'll be fine. He has to just learn to sort of throttle down when he gets in position. He's going to get in position a lot due to his ability. So he just has to get there, settle in a little bit, Break down the feet, make plays. He's a rookie. The game will slow down for him. I think he'll get there. Uh, overall, pretty fine player. Other standouts for me on the defensive side of the ball, Eric Murray is a slot player. I think he's going to be a really good nickel. They're going to use him in the nickel quite often. 
Obviously going to use TJ Carey, so if they want a couple of slot players, Murray will get in there too. But if they want more of a run support guy, Murray can do those things for the defense. Philip Gaines, I thought, played pretty well also inside in the slot. thought he did uh, really nice, effective, instinctual things in against screen game. A couple of nice plays against the run game. And then again, I thought Devereaux Lawrence, when he found snaps late in the game, he's a, just a disruptive force. He's very powerful. I think he's certainly locked up a spot on this roster. I'd be pretty surprised if he's not on this roster in a couple weeks. Offensively, Garrett Gilbert shines. Thought he played extremely well first half. Had a couple nice touchdown passes. I thought he looked comfortable again, finding and anticipating windows. Just you can tell he has a really good grasp of this offense, throwing much more efficiently, effectively, ball coming out of his hand quickly. I continue to believe that the Browns will have three quarterbacks on their 53-man roster, but it will be Gilbert who dresses on game days as the active backup and Stanton will not be on the 46-man game day roster. DJ Montgomery had a really nice game, a couple really nice plays down the field. think he's got enough in his game, hit fluidity, can turn, find the football, can separate a little bit when he needs to separate. He's just a good, good wide receiver, unfortunately for him or fortunately for the Browns. He has the hamstring issue that's going to cause him to go on the IR, but that means the Browns can go ahead and stash him for 2020. Derek Willis probably ends up on the roster now. He had a nice touchdown catch, had another nice downfield play. Uh, you know, I think he's going to just be a fine receiver. He's not going to be overly strong at the catch point. If a defender makes contact with him at the right time, I think he's going to have issues holding on to the football. But if he does create separation, which he can do with those long strides, he can make the play on the football as long as he's not challenged at the catch point all too closely. Dearness Johnson, who's a different running back than, than Dontrell Hilliard, they'll form a nice little duo behind Nick Chubb until Kareem Hunt comes back. I thought he was pretty good, effective enough between the tackles runner. Has a nice burst, has nice vision. I like his game. I think his game once you know will fit in with this, this offense, and it'll fit in as sort of a, a guy who can get 8 to 10 carries if they're looking for more between-the-tackles type running back. But between Hilliard and Johnson, they're going to have to figure out who can protect the passer if they don't want to use Nick Chubb on third downs. Pro Football Focus has both of them graded relatively low in the pass protection score, and that's a small sample size, but I think there are situations where both of them struggle with technique, especially with their hands getting too wide, causing them to hold occasionally, or their feet stopping altogether, not finishing running through a player, and I think that can cause some issues going left and right and just sort of whiffing on occasion. But overall, those are two good backs. I feel good about the situation behind you know, behind uh, Nick Chubb, and Nick Chubb will play a ton of snaps. He's going to be a workhorse the first eight weeks, and... Uh, It'll be good for him to get that productivity and all those opportunities before Kareem Hunt returns. Tight end three remains a bit of a mystery. Haven't seen enough from Gathers or Pharaoh Brown to say uh, Seth the Valve is out the window. Uh, I, I think Seth the Valve is going to be on this roster until a better uh, option presents itself. I don't know who that option is right now. Some people seem to think he won't be on the roster. I currently think he will. Back from concussion protocol should be an active part of this Friday's game. Up front, I thought the line played fine. I thought they did well enough. There was the, the sack allowed, but that was unfortunately off of a, a missed chip block. Well, the chip block didn't miss, but when the chip block happened by uh, Kareem Hunt, it caused uh, Greg Robinson to miss his man because he went a different direction due to the chip block, which can happen occasionally. There has to be a little bit of cohesion between the running back and tackle there. But nothing to be worried about overall. Uh, Austin Corbett was pretty terrible uh, to the point that I'm not sure he's a lock for the roster anymore. I think he's fighting for his job. Eric Cush is pretty firmly taking the right guard job. And Drew Forbes seems to be settling into that backup right guard role if they, if they want to develop him as that long-term player. And I think they have intentions of doing so at right guard. Forbes has really turned it around since the beginning of camp. He's found a niche inside. He does have some issues. There were a couple times during the, the Colts game where he buried his head 
caused him to get off balance and allowed a pressure to be created. He's not perfect, far from it, but I do see some traits that will allow him, his feet, how he moves, to be in position enough to be a competent right guard down the line. I just It's good that the Browns don't have to force him into playing right now, and I think they're in a really good situation for that. But Austin Corbett, I, I'm not sure. He just, be, be, between the snaps that were going awry, left, right, which has been a thing in camp, he, he's struggling to uh, move his man off of his spot. He's burying his head like he buries his head, and when he does that, causes him to whiff on his man too, too easily, gets moved one way or the other, and when he gets his head buried or he lunges at this, this, his upper half, Defenders easily beat him at the point of attack. There just doesn't seem to be any nastiness to Austin Corbin. I don't think you have to have nastiness necessarily, but if you're not going to be nasty, you better have perfect technique, and he doesn't have that right now. He's not a good enough athlete to be able to handle things, so I'm, I'm just not sure. I'm not saying to give up on Corbett. He's gone through a lot of position changes, and the move from tackle to guard is one that people are a little bit too cavalier about, in my opinion. When you move from tackle to guard, you're blocking a different kind of player, you're doing different pass drops. You're doing different run scheme responsibilities. It's a bigger change than people give credit to uh, that movement. So I won't be surprised if the Browns keep Corbett and let him keep developing and still have an eye on maybe him becoming that center down the line if they if they don't think they can afford J.C. Treader. But I feel less confident about that today than I have in a long time. But overall, you feel pretty good about the week for the Browns. You know, going to Indy, practicing against a really good team, finally hitting somebody else consistently. Coming out of things pretty healthy, no real injury concerns, and you know, it's it was a good week overall, and it was a good win, especially coming down the end. And shout out to Willie Harvey making that play, you know, knocking that ball down to uh, seal that victory. As we all know, preseason wins don't mean anything really, but you know, I still am a firm believer that you know culture can change, and and I think the Browns are getting accustomed to winning, and the skill is certainly tilted in the favor of the Browns uh, in terms of. Uh, overall roster skill I just I just feel like the Browns have had a better roster at least on the field than the first two teams they played here in the preseason there are some rumblings about uh as we as we sort of close this week before we look at Tampa Bay the possibility of moving a linebacker I I don't know how viable that uh, that noise is the Browns clearly like Mac Wilson limited time here in camp but you know Mac Wilson wins a rookie of the year at camp and um you know, Browns are going to have to look at ways to finagle the cap. They're going to have to look at ways that if you want to improve somewhere else, you might have to give up on depth at a uh, at a certain position. So pay attention to that. I think there might be something noteworthy with those rumblings about uh, linebacker depth or the possibility of one being moved. Also, the Browns decided to bring in Braxton Miller this week. Uh, it does appear that, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the hometown Ohio, Ohio State favorite, um, one of the one of the best quarterbacks to play at the university. But this one's truly just to get a feel if he can improve their special team situation, which the first four weeks will be without Antonio Callaway catching and returning punts. And uh, they might look to, you know, ease the burden on Dontrell Hilliard too. So if, if Miller can come in and um, provide meaningful and impactful special teams play, such as returning kicks, punts, and anything to the end of the roster, he has a shot. Uh, I think that they, they wouldn't have brought him in at this point if they didn't feel like he might have something worth sort of sticking at the end of the 53-man roster. So, you know, it'll be an important two weeks here for Miller, especially starting Friday. So get your wallets out and go to my bookie and, and bet on the Browns to, uh, to, to, to give the Buccaneers hell because the Browns have, are, are pretty positively going to play most of the starters here, uh, you know, with, with Tampa here on Friday. They're going to play most of them. They might play them a whole half. 
So you're looking at a pretty good Browns team. So go to my bookie, win some money going into the season. Use it for your fantasy leagues. But before we fully shift to talking about Tampa Bay, I want to talk to you guys about what's going on over at Roman. Guys are terrible taking care of your health, whether it's a knee, back, something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing the doctor. The same is true with ED, erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with an online doctor. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED if appropriate from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is pretty simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Again, that's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication. can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your front door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to your doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. It'll get you a free visit and get you started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. So now we're on to Tampa Bay, Friday, 7.30 kick, right? It's going to be a good time. Broadcast on all your typical Cleveland channels. It will be important for the Browns, as I mentioned just a little bit ago, to get the starters in there, get them some good action. The real tune-up that is the week three of preseason, Browns will return to home the following Thursday to play in the highly sought-after Great Lakes Cup that will wrap up the preseason. But this is an important game Friday. The last time these two got together in the preseason, if you guys do recall, 2017, when a young man named Deshaun Kaiser won the starting role, believe it or not. A touchdown to Jordan Leslie from Kevin Hogan sealed the 13-9 victory. Not much else going on in that game. Pretty ugly all around. Uh, Not much to talk about. Last year, the teams met, obviously, if you recall, one of the Browns' several early season overtime affairs, one in which probably was the game that got the Browns' coaching staff fired in terms of Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. Uh, Carl Nassib had his revenge game. A lot going on there. But, you know, this is a, it's a new season. Bruce Arians comes in, guy who obviously was connected to Cleveland from his time as an offensive coordinator here, really wanted, very vocal about wanting this job but was never taken serious as a candidate. So there's a connection there, obviously. You know, Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator. We'll talk a bit about, uh, about that later. Carl Nassib, who we mentioned, switched teams. Darius Taylor, the Browns signed from Tampa Bay this past year. Rashad Perriman, wide receiver last chance you. That is the Cleveland Browns with Jalen Strong and hopefully maybe Braxton Miller, but it started with Rashad Perriman turning his career around the last half of last year. Earl Watford, another name. It was on the 2018 Browns, also down in Tampa. So what to pay attention to? Right guard, obviously paying attention to that battle. It's going to be Cush and Forbes getting a majority of those snaps. Uh, wide receiver rotations, what that looks like. Probably still won't see much of Odell Beckham, if any at all. Um, and then it's sort of paying attention to how they use Higgins, how they use Strong. Ratley, Damian Ratley will get a chance to finally make his preseason debut. And then obviously Braxton Miller, how they use him, where they align him, will be interesting as well. Can Gary Gilbert continue his strong preseason? Drew Stanton needs to have a better performance, I would imagine so, in this game to solidify, um, you know, solidify his uh, role as the backup. If not, Gilbert's putting that pressure on in that department, and uh, that'll be something to pay attention to. Defensively is who's going to keep working that backup rotation? Does Devereaux Lawrence have another strong game? Can Mac Wilson and Sione Takitaki keep proving to this franchise that they have depth at linebacker that they can get rid of if they want to? That's going to be... Something to pay close attention to is how those two uh, work out on their time on the field. 
And then another minor thing in the secondary is kind of just who can continue to emerge and take, you know, take the strong uh, grip on that cornerback role. Terrence Mitchell and Greedy Williams both are fighting for that starting job opposite Denzel Ward. Both are good players. Both have had good preseasons, in my opinion. So, you know, how those guys fare will be at least a minor thing to pay attention to. Looks like uh, the Scottish Hammer, Jamie Gillen, is improving. I'm, I'm not sure he's going to be... Uh, I don't think he's in a real serious competition right now for the punter role. That's Britton Colquitt's job, but uh, something to at least pay attention to. He might even kick a field goal. You'll never know. And speaking of field goals, it is needless to say that one of Greg Joseph or Austin Seibert can do themselves a massive favor by putting on a good performance here in what I would imagine the Browns will try to get as many live kicking pressure pack situations as possible. So... The Browns are just waiting for one of these two to figure it out and take this job, and uh, it still has not happened, so that is something I'll be paying paying very close attention to. I'm going to bring on a fantastic guest for you to give you a look at what uh, you know Tampa Bay is looking like from the inside, but before we do so, I want to talk to you lastly real quick about Harry's Razors. We've talked to you about these guys before. They're still at harrys.com slash bluewire. You're going to get that $10 free trial set. Five blade razor, lubricating strip, trimmer blade, rich lather shave gel, and the travel blade cover. You get all of that shipped to your door for just $3. Razors, overpriced. Harry's tired of them. Stop using them. Harry's has this fantastic blade factory in Germany. They've been making those blades for 95 years. There's 10 million people who've tried Harry's. I have converted. This is not phony. I've converted to Harry's. I have a beard. Got to keep it trimmed. This is who I use. Harrys.com slash BlueWire. They're going to get you guys a good deal on that. All of Harry's Blades are 100% quality guarantee. You don't love it, just let them know. They'll give you a full refund. Again, that's Harrys.com slash BlueWire to redeem your free razor for just $3. And we're off to our guest. All right, welcoming in Trevor Sigma to Brownstone Breakdown here, guys. I'm excited to bring him in for Buccaneers Week. We don't get a regular season game this year, but uh, at least we get what should be a uh, nice tune-up game for both teams. Teams, you know, week three of the preseason is typically the big one where we see the most action for starters. Trevor's the beat writer for the Pewter Report down in Tampa. Does great work on the Draft Network. You guys are all familiar with that. Trevor, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Now it's good to be with you, Jake. Uh, last time the Buccaneers played against the Browns, it almost ended in a tie. So hoping that uh, we're not anywhere close to that this time around, even though it's preseason. Yeah, no kidding. I think that uh, yeah, it, it, preseason they don't tie; they just end it, right? I I think so. I yeah. think so. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right, well, 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 you never know with these two franchises. It just you never know. Um, so yeah, man, give me your state of uh, state of Tampa right now. What's it looking like? Obviously, Bruce Arians was closely connected to Cleveland. Was in a you know heavy contention. It seemed like at least he was interested in that job. And uh, you know, what's the vibes? It better uh, you, you know this this camp any different than the past few? Oh yeah, it's way better. It's it's way better because Dirk Cutter was a first year head or not first year first time head coach, and I liked a lot of the things that he did. Uh, you know, the things that. He was saying his philosophy for a lot of things that they were good. I understand why they would buy into him, but he just didn't have the experience. When the rubber hit the road, if you will, if his back was against the wall, he just didn't have the experience to know how to handle things from a head coaching standpoint when it wasn't going well. There weren't a lot of adjustments in the middle of the season. They didn't really want to veer away from their original strategy they came with in with it for the beginning of those last two years. 
and it showed. I mean, they lost to a, to a lot of teams in some close ways because they just could not score points and they could not uh, they could not get the ball in the end zone. Bruce Arians comes in and it just it, it's a different feel to it. The experience on this coaching staff is vast. You know, from defense coordinator Todd Bowles, offense coordinator Byron Leftwich doesn't have a ton of experience, but he's got. Bruce Arians right behind him, right over his shoulder, teach him how to do everything. The special teams coordinator, all these position coaches, they've all been around the league for forever. And so you just get this feel during training camp that it's a different vibe. They know what they're doing. It's such an experienced way to go about things. And Arians very calm, cool, and collected about everything. Seems to know how to run the preseason. And you know whether or not they end up having success this year, they're doing, I think, everything that they can with the roster as it is. And so that's, I think, anytime you have a new head coach, that's all you can ask, that they do the best that they can. And I think Arians has had a lot of situations over his career where he knows how to deal with what's going on in Tampa, and you could feel you could feel that early. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's talk – well, I mean, I'll say. I'm interested in Arians. I think that the Ringer put out a really good piece on sort of how him and Leftwich are looking to change things. Do you think going from – um, you know, from from the the offense that was designed the last few years, especially with Todd Monken's influence, and obviously he's in Cleveland now, and everybody's talking about that. I just think it's a hot button topic in Cleveland when it probably shouldn't necessarily be. But do you think that offense sort of gears down in terms of what it's asking for you know Jameis Winston to do to sort of cut back on the mistakes? That part totally. Yes, I, I think that. Dirk Cutter's offense asked Jameis to hit some of those most difficult throws you can hit. You know, down the sideline, fade routes, fading out of bounds, uh, inches to spare, tight window things, seven-step dropbacks, very vertical in everything that it did. They asked him to do some really difficult things, and— Dirk Cutter kind of let it slip last year. They were like, oh, do you— like?" It was kind of like almost like a do you miss anything about— you know, being with Matt Ryan when they were playing the Falcons, he's like, well, I miss how accurate Matt was. I kind of took that for granted. And that was a little bit of a uh, a shot at Winston. He didn't mean it necessarily in that way. But that kind of speaks to the situation that he had. Jameis is not this pinpoint accurate quarterback. He's never been. And so for Dirk to ask him to make these pinpoint accurate throws, I understand you got to hit some really tough throws sometimes. And Jameis knows that too. But it was clear that this was just not the offense in which he was going to thrive the most. He's, he has the arm to push the ball down the field, but the types of throws they were asking him to make in this offense, much more difficult. So I think you're going to see a lot more stuff over the middle, whether it be shorter passes, intermediate. They're still going to stay vertical because Arians loves to go vertical, especially up the seams and in the middle of the field. So still going to be a vertical offense, but I think they're going to run a lot of things over the middle, make it easier for Jameis Winston this year, give him some passes that can – Keep drives going. Just be much more easy reads, things like that that did not exist in Dirk Cutter's offense over the last two years. So in that sense, yes, I do think it's going to look different for, for Jameis. I know the running back situation, Ronald Jones there, uh, you know, obviously drafted. It doesn't seem like really other than running back, there's a lot of, I guess, comp- great competition on offense. I could be wrong, you know, with, with, with what Tampa's doing. I don't, I don't pay close attention per se. But it seems like running back's a spot where it's unsettled between Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. What, what's that looking like? What, how do you think that shakes out? Yeah, you can even throw Dario Gunwale in there, the Wisconsin running back. I don't think he's going to end up being RB1 or anything, but he's had a really great training camp. He's performing well during the preseason games, and they, I think they're going to trust this dude to make the roster and be their third down back. They would certainly love for Ronald Jones to be their RB1, their starter. And he does look much more confident with the ball in his hand this year. Last year, he just looked so timid and scared and just not a lot of confidence, just didn't know what he was doing yet. 
This year with the ball in his hand, he's a lot more confident. He's a lot better. You see a lot of that home run ability, that ability to break tackles and miss, make guys miss and beat players up the sideline. You're seeing a lot more of that here in this training camp. However, he's still going to block. If you can't block, they're not going to put you in the game because then you're a total liability. That's what Peyton Barber does really well. He blocks well. He catches well. He runs north to south. He's exactly the kind of running back that you would want to just keep drives going. Is he going to hit home runs for you? No, probably not. But that's going to be the difference of who gets ends up getting that RB1 job come week one. They'd love for it to be Ronald Jones. But I can tell you right now, I've gone back and watched a couple of those games that they've played in the preseason. And there are times when Jones just like completely misses his blocks altogether or doesn't even realize he's supposed to be blocking on one side of the field or things like that. And so it's got to get cleaned up before you trust a guy. You know, people just people people think that running the ball just has to do or being RB1 is just about what you do with the ball in your hands. And it's not. It's just not. You've got to be a complete running back. You've got to be more than that. And right now, Peyton Barber is more complete than Ronald Jones is, even if Jones brings a better upside. So that's kind of where it sits right now. They got two they got two games left to figure it out, really only one this this upcoming Cleveland game. But they're going to have to make a decision in two weeks to see who starts in week one. Obviously, weapons, Mike Evans, everyone knows about. In my opinion, the most underrated NFL wide receiver. Doesn't get talked about enough. People try to say Adam Thielen, I, whatever, man. You don't talk about Mike Evans as elite as Mike Evans is. Yeah. Not him, not O.J. Howard. Chris Godwin, is he the fantasy sleeper people should really be paying attention to? Yeah, Chris Godwin's good, man. Chris Godwin's really good. And I think over the last two years, even in Godwin's rookie year, he was clearly more affected than Deshaun Jackson. And there were points towards the end of his rookie year when he looked like, you know, I came out and said, like, this dude's wide receiver two on this team. They're not going to treat him like it, but he is. And the last year, the scenery didn't change, unfortunately, for Godwin. You still had Mike Evans. You still had Deshaun Jackson. And you still had Adam Humphreys, as well as Brayton Howard at the tight end positions. So there was just a lot of mouths to feed in last year's offense. This year, there's not. This year, Godwin's the wide receiver two. And when we talked about those middle of the throw middle of the field throws I think it's going to be a lot of Godwin and I think that he is really going to thrive he's a guy who can win through contact he's strong at the catch point he's got more speed than you think he's not necessarily a burner I thought that the 4-4 speed he had online was <laughs> that was kind of training speed he doesn't really have exactly that kind of speed when he's got the pads on but he is plenty athletic to get the ball down the field get get yards after the catch he is as advertised, I would tell you, that, that he is going to be a big impact player for this offense. It's still going to run through Mike Evans, but you're going to get a lot of Chris Godwin this year, more than they ever have given him before. Yeah, I'm fascinated. I'm hoping most people sleep on him, but i got a big Tampa Bay fan in my uh, fantasy league, so that's not going to happen. Yeah, you might, you might need to uh, not publish his podcast then until after your draft, if that's what you're hoping to do, because I'm, I'm about to ruin, I'm, I'm ruining it for you here. <laughs> that's true man that's true i think i think most i think most people in the nfl are starting to learn about godwin not you know obviously people outside of tampa but it's been fascinating to uh to see him to see him flourish and i think he's going to be fantastic let's switch to defense devin white is he the real deal through two games you like what you're seeing devin white's good uh him and devin bush have both been awesome throughout the preseason i think devin white is going to be great in run fits during his rookie year him and levante david you know hopefully they get levante david back for the full season he's dealing with a little bit of a knee injury right now but they're hoping those are their two guys where they're on the field at all times. You know, they're on the field no matter what, whether it's base or nickel. They're going to keep Devin White in the game. He's struggling a little bit into coverage, as most linebackers do going from college to the NFL. It's very predictable that that would be the case. But in terms of run fit, seeing the ball, seeing where it's going, playing that side, he's been excellent. He looks like a three, four-year pro at this point. 
in defending the run game. And so just got to understand coverage is a little bit better. Got to know when to drop back. Got to have that sixth sense for things. But they'll send him on the blitz plenty, too. I think that they're very happy with with what they have in their number five overall pick. So, yeah, it seems like, you know, there's Vernon Hargraves, Carlton Davis are obviously in place. But with Mike Smith as a defensive coordinator, things last year were pretty miserable. They fire him. Uh, they they really seem to focus on drafting defense heavy. Sean Bunting, Jamel mm-hmm. Dean, uh, I think it was Mike Edwards, right? Were three successive picks. Yep. So so yep. so how are those youngsters looking? What's the secondary shaping up to look like under Todd Bowles? Yeah, Mike Edwards has actually been awesome. Pleasant surprise for them. I know they drafted him for a reason because they think that he's good. But you know, Justin Evans, their third year safety now, he he's been out with. I don't know, calf injury, ankle injury, Achilles injury. We can't keep up. It's been a long off season for him to get healthy, but he hasn't played at all this preseason or training camp. And Mike Edwards was actually running with the first team for most of it and playing pretty well. Got some takeaways in training camp. He's playing well uh, when he's been given his opportunities. Now he's a little bit banged up, so that's not great. Sean Murphy Bunting, he's been playing okay in practice, not great in the games so far. He really needs to show up better in the games. Uh, Arians has been pretty impressed with him during practice. I wasn't as impressed with him during practice, but he's certainly coming along. They have a lot of faith in him. He's the guy who could develop into their potential starting nickel player because I think it is going to be Vernon and Carlton Davis that are at their, that are their outside cornerbacks, and they're going to want to fill that slot role with either Sean Murphy Bunting or uh, MJ Stewart, who's kind of a, a hybrid safety guy. And then Jamel Dean, he got his first interception last year last game and he should add two honestly so they're very impressed with him as well and Jamel Dean's a really good football player just about staying healthy with him and so no surprise that he's been able to flash a little bit he's impressing the coaches and he making some plays Jason Pierre Paul's out for the foreseeable future unfortunately that leaves what probably is now a starting role for for Carl Nassib how's our, how's our old Clevelander looking down there yeah I'm telling you man Carl Nassib looks better as a Buccaneer than he ever had with the Browns. And I don't know what it was, a switch of switch of scenery, a different defensive style, but he kinda he's kinda playing like a man possessed. I mean, he was clearly a guy that they really needed last year, came on, had six sacks for him, and he's a player that's gonna play a hybrid position for him. He's gonna play a four three DN and he can even play three four DN. We're seeing that they're using his length in that way as well. They have him standing up sometimes as outside linebacker too. They love his length, they love his size, his versatility. I think that he's going to be a, I don't want to say a focal point, but he's going to be an important piece to what Todd Bowles in this defense is going to want to do when they're talking about staying versatile on their front, not giving anything predictable to offensive lines because, my goodness, were the Buccaneers predictable last year. They're trying to avoid that a lot, and Carl Nassib's a guy who you can fit inside and out. He seems to be loving all the roles that he's playing, and uh, I'm very interested to see where he settles in on as we get into the regular season here. Yeah, there haven't been very many misses from the John Dorsey era side of things here that have been important, but Nassib is, uh, is certainly one of them, and I think he's a true true speaker to the change of scenery can really help a player sometimes. So I'm glad he's working out for you guys. One, Give me one, uh, Trevor, one position battle you're paying attention to before we let you go here. Just one one thing you'd like to see taken care of, if you can, uh, Friday night for, for Tampa. Uh, honestly, the right guard spot. The right guard spot for the Buccaneers. Same. It's been a revolving door, man. It is. They have tried Evan Smith. They had Kevin Pample. They tried Caleb Beninock over the last two years. Nobody could grasp this right guard spot. Now it seems like second year uh, offensive lineman Alex Kappa is taking control of that, and he's going to end up being the starter. He's run with the first team all of camp, and he's played pretty well. So now I'm really looking forward to him getting extended time here in this third preseason game to see what he he's really got with that first team unit. 
and um, to, you know, hopefully solidify that right guard spot. Because if if they solidify that up, they got a pretty decent offensive line. They've got a, there are some some areas that they they might want more consistency, but at least they have a snap to snap. Okay, we can get it done. Kind of an offensive line without that hole at right guard. So hopefully Kappa can take control of that. Hopefully two teams leave. Friday night feeling better about their right guard situation. There you go. There you go. There we go. So uh, that's it. That's all for now. Trevor, I appreciate you taking some time for me, guys. Follow him at Tampa Bay Trey. You're going to follow him uh, for the Draft Network stuff. Browns fans, you're crazy about the draft. Draft Network's going to do great stuff. So, Trevor, thanks for for joining me, man. Of course, yeah. Always good chatting with you. All right, guys, uh, that'll that'll wrap up this one. Uh, we will we will come back at you this weekend after the after the game here Friday night and give you guys some some feedback and thoughts on this. I appreciate it always as you can. Five stars on you on on uh, this isn't YouTube. This would be iTunes. So five stars there are always appreciated. Following on Twitter, uh, some big stuff coming soon. The shakeout where I'm going to be writing for the Browns this year and all that great stuff. So uh, thanks for following along. And as usual, guys, go Browns. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.